0: Tonight here at Ground Zero Meetings, we're going to continue down our alphabet sermon series, and tonight's letter is S, and I'll be talking about sovereignty. Um, sovereignty is basically a definition means that God is in absolute control. And for me as a, a Christian, you know, you hear it and you're like, yeah, you know, he's sovereign. You know, he's omnipresent, which means he's basically everywhere all the time. You know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, this word, yeah, I, I believe it. Oh, Jesus loves me, yeah. You know, it's like our little checklist. But then crunch time happens, and God's instantly in Africa or he's in China. He's not paying attention to us, right? Come on, who knows what I'm talking about? Like, we are no longer any good for God. You know, I'm a, a filthy, wretched sinner. I'm not even sure if I'm saved. You know, there's a, a gamma of things that happen, you know, that my future is, you know, going to be horrible. You know, I don't know, because, you know, I'm basing, you know, my future on what I'm capable of doing today, and I'm also basing my future on what's happened to me in the past, and my life has always been horrible, and my life's pretty much horrible now, so therefore... You know, God's just given me this fake card that my life's going to be horrible, but at least I'll get to go to heaven. Maybe the rapture will come today and I can poof off into eternity and be with Jesus. You know, and we forget sometimes that God's in control. You know, but wait, Tom, you know, does that mean that God was in control when we were kids and like horrible things happened to us? Yeah. God was in control then too. You know, you know, you mean God was in control when I lost my job? Yeah, God was in control. God was in control when that relationship that I really felt was the one walked away from me? Yeah, God is the, God is in control then too. You know, and we hear that and we, we, you know, try to turn things over, but we pray and when things don't move as fast as we think they should or, you know, something's, you know, really needs to get done real quick. Let me just help him, you know, that we we step outside of his sovereignty and we try to to regain control because, you know, I'm helping. Or, you know, he doesn't really realize that this needs to be taken care of right now. You know, he must be taking care of other things that... You know, so we we lose track of His sovereignty at times, or at least I have. You know, and I, I've been, you know, walking with the Lord for, you know, a, a number of years at this point. You know, and you know my my righteousness is is getting to that awesome level because I, I think I'm super holy. And I'm serving the Lord, and I read, and I pray, and you know I'm doing some good works, and you know I'm starting to realize that you know I'm earning some bonus points in heaven, and Jesus owes me something, you know, and you know this thing starts accumulating, you know, accumulating, and and I have this checklist of stuff that I pray for on a regular basis that, you know, I've I've determined that. It's time for these things to start to fall into place. And they're not falling into place. And I'm watching other people have their stuff fall into place. And they're nowhere near as holy as I am. You know, I've been behaving myself. You know, Jesus, I've been reading my Bible quite frequently, just so you know. And it, isn't it funny how like when certain things happen to us, we instantly go down this checklist and telling God exactly how good we've been? It's like Jesus is somehow Santa Claus all of a sudden, and we're afraid we're gonna get coal in our stocking this year. You know, the sovereignty of God destroys our righteousness. You know, it, it truly, you know, it, if we can take the the Bible literally in the sense that our Our righteousness is like filthy rags. That, you know, we are to to grow with Christ and to become like Christ. And he laid his life down according to the will of the Father. You know, and, and it sounds like super holy to do that, but like when it comes time to really lay our lives down and do what we're supposed to do, we tend to run away. And we tend to spiritualize why we're running away. And we tend to you know make excuses of why running away is different this time. But the truth of the matter is, is God's always in control, and even when Jonah ran away, you know, God ended up sending him back to what he was meant to do. You know, and when we run away, you know, God sends us back into what we were meant to do. Because you know, his will gets accomplished in our lives, you know. And there's certain things that aren't his will. And we think they should be. And we found a couple of good scriptures that we could probably, you know, try to to get them to intertwine into what we think is a good idea. And and we we pray them or we quote them. and, And yet certain things aren't falling into place. And we're not quite sure why that's happening. So then we wonder, you know, you know, uh, man, I, I didn't pay my, my tithe back in March. You know, that must be the reason why this isn't happening. You know, and, oh, you know, I, I should have I went and moved that guy that one day. You know, you know, add to my list of righteousness. You know, if I, I, I accumulate a couple more things of righteousness, I really would have got that blessing. But the truth of the matter is, is that God is still in control whether we, we do the right thing or not. You know, I've watched people coming out of sin and God moves on one of those prayers that have been prayed for months, if not years, and in the midst of when I'm not worthy enough, like I am absolutely do not deserve God's blessing in my life, that's when He decides to answer the prayer. And it destroys our understanding of how this stuff is supposed to really work you know <clears throat> years were going by and my three things that I constantly struggled with was you know I'm not married and I wanted to be a pastor and I wanted to have financial security you know and I thought that all those things were wrapped up in together. Like, once I became a pastor, then I would have financial security, and then all the women would come (laughs) a-knocking. And that's definitely not true. But, you know, it's been about five years now, I would say, four and a half, five, when God really started dealing with this in my life, is that, I began to take good things and make them ultimate things and that Jesus wasn't able to satisfy me unless I got certain prayers answered. And therefore, I got real bitter. And in my bitterness, I can only blame myself enough and then I got to find some other people to blame. You know, I blamed... The institution of the church. I blamed the institution of American Christianity. I, I blamed, you know, this one and I blamed that one. And if this would have happened and that would have happened and, you know, there's a list of stuff that instantly, you know, I have all this bitterness on the inside of me, but I'm still going through the motions of being, uh, the ministry leader to this ministry and I'm still trying to help people. Grow with Jesus, and if you fall in love with Jesus, then your life will be changed. But inside, I am absolutely miserable and hate in life because I want to be in control of everything, and it's not working. You know, and I went to a a conference, and um, one of the worship leaders that you know really is has helped me grow in the understanding of. Of you know worship and, and being in the presence of God was Jason Upton, and he he wrote a song about the garden, if I'm correct, and he you know sang the song and then he gave an an explanation of you know where this came from, and you know he basically said that there's two crows. One crow is a wise crow and the other crow is a stupid crow. The wise crow sees the scarecrow and knows that there's seed in that ground. And the stupid crow sees the scarecrow and flies away. So are we going to be a wise bird or a stupid bird when we get scared? Because fear is this thing that gets triggered inside of us and usually we run away. You know, there's the fight, flight, freeze, you know. And normally in this demographic of people, we run. We can put on a good front like I'm a fighter, but the truth of the matter is, is when the smoke clears, we're Tom go? He's in another state. Like, I got distracted by the huffing and the puffin' and all of a sudden, poof, he's gone. Like the roadrunner almost. Like, the coyote's still standing there and he's nowhere to be found. You know, and it really started to make me realize that I was afraid that these things weren't gonna to come to pass in my life. And therefore, because I was vulnerable in my fear, you know, I got my big brother, Anger, to come over and protect me. You know, and then I think I was at my mom's house, and I don't ever watch TV, like not like TV, I watch some movies, but I don't ever really watch TV, you know, unless it's some sort of sporting event, and I was up early, and Christian television was on, and you know, there's some good people out there and some not so hot people out there, and that is what it is. You got to figure that out on your own. If you have me, I have my opinions, but that's that. And this morning, that morning, Joyce Meyer was on, who I am a big fan of. Um, she's also played a big part in in helping me grow and, and let go of things and heal, and and, and she was, you know, talking about. You know, we want certain things to come to pass, but we're not willing to do what it takes where we're at. You know, I want to grow into this next level, but I'm not willing to take care of what's on my own level. You know, that we want authority over demons, but we don't have authority over the kitchen sink. You know, and we we love to complain, and complaining's like sitting in a rocking chair. There's a lot of motion, but you don't get nowhere you know, she has all these little, you know, illustrations, and, you know, and she basically said that if you're miserable on the level that you're at, that you can't handle what God has for you next, because you haven't mastered where you're at now, you know, and we so, so, so bad want to move forward into great callings with God, I am called to do this, and I'm called to do that, and God's going to do this, and. And we name it and claim it and yada, yada, yada. And then when, you know, push comes to shove, I can't take care of my daily life. I have no discipline. I have no character. I have no integrity, you know, and I'm believing for great things, but yet I trip over the small thing. And I'm telling you, between the two of these things, it's like, you know, I got tossed up and boom, home run. I'm, outer space you know and the fact that i am in my own way god's waiting on me god's waiting on me to to check my attitude god's waiting on me to trust him i have no understanding really of the sovereignty of god because he's not in control because he can't do what i want him to do if god was really in control when i prayed he would answer my prayer even though i'm all about jesus the truth of the matter is I have absolutely no faith. I believe in him, I say I love him, I I serve him, I, I go to church on multiple different occasions, I actually read that book that they call the Bible, but yet when it comes push comes to shove, when it's time for me to take a step into faith, I have absolutely none. I can believe for other people to get good things. You know, I can believe that I pray for you and you might get healed, but I pray for me and my prayers are not going nowhere. So I have this problem with my understanding of how this whole thing works. I have this problem of the understanding that God is sovereign and God is in control and everything is in His hands and everything is going exactly how He planned it, even when I don't agree. And it was around that time that I heard another man speak and he said that if we truly know God's heart then and that we know that he truly loves us, that when we don't understand his hands, we reflect back on his heart. And the combination of these really started to get me to this place where it's, I started to recognize that my anxiety of the fact that this wasn't happening and that's happening and this isn't happening and this person's getting this and that person's not and da 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 and this person's leaving and that person died and, you know, all these different, you know, trials and tribulations that are really just life. That he's in control of all that stuff. You know, and it's hard to believe that bad things still happen when we have this loving God that's in control. But the truth of the matter is, is that we do have this dynamic. If we really believe in a sovereign God, and we believe that Jesus is His Son, and He came to the earth, and He He lived this perfect life without sin, and He He went to the cross and he died this perfect cross and all of the sins of all of humanity got laid upon him in that moment that we could have communion with the Father, that there are actual angels in heaven. There's this other side of the equation that there really are demons and there really is a devil. And the last I knew that thieves don't obey the law. The devil does not obey the fact that certain things are supposed to happen certain ways. And he is always antagonizing and accusing the beloved. Because he wants us to doubt our heavenly father, our loving father, our sovereign God. So he's always getting his little hooks and things. Now, I am not the one that says that the devil made me do it, and I'm not the one that goes around blaming the devil all the time. But I do believe that he is the master of the whisper. He whispers and whispers and whispers and whispers and whispers whispers until we have this bright idea. And then that bright idea goes on to the next step. and "Well, Well, if I do that, then this, and then... Oh, wait, let me throw some Jesus on that equation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a great idea. But it absolutely contradicts other things that God has already been doing and saying. So then we have this collision. So am I going to trust in God's sovereignty, doing it God's way, or am I going to help Him again? And typically we, we help Him. In our best efforts to help him, we get real frustrated. Anybody been frustrated? Anybody felt like they're on the hamster wheel, just running and running and running and running and running and, running and not going nowhere? And then all of a sudden you realize it's your will that you're trying to accomplish, not Jesus's? <laughs> and I remember as God started to break this stuff down in me. He started to show me, like, I'm doing a lot of stuff for Jesus, but I'm not spending any time with Jesus. And if I don't spend time with Jesus, I have no substance to faith. I have nothing to tap. My faith gas tank is completely empty where I can go through the motions of Christianity. I can guide. I can even have a good word because there's an anointing on my life. But the truth of the matter is, is that there's certain things in my life that won't come to pass because when it comes time to catch fire to that thing, I have nothing to pour out on it. My gas tank is empty, you know. And God started to really show me. He's like, "Tom, you need to be hanging out with me." And I'm like, "Well, I, I got. I'm serving you. I'm busy." He's like, "Hmm, that's interesting." That's interesting. How's that working for you? I'm really busy all the time. That's that's good. You're in ministry every night of the week. Yeah, doing great things for God. Doing great things for Tom in the name of Jesus. And God really started to show me that I can't earn this stuff. No matter how hard I try, there isn't like a scoreboard. Like if I get enough in the, in, in the other category, then all of a sudden I get catapulted to the next level. Like Jesus is like, I am the level. If you're not trying to hang out with me, you're missing the point of this thing. And it made me really step back and realize that I'm allowing my anxiety to fuel me going a million miles an hour in the wrong direction for Jesus and pissed off because I'm not getting what I want. But yet, I'm going to keep going because I can't back out now. There's been so many times I've wanted to quit and run away. And he always asks me, do I trust him? And I say yes. And he always says, sit still. And it makes me so angry because I don't want to sit still. I don't want to do it Jesus' way. I want to help him because it's more comfortable if I do it my way. But he uses the very things that are in our lives that causes pressure to produce godliness. That you can't get... Olive oil out of an olive if you don't put pressure on it. You technically can't get grape juice, wine, out of a grape unless you put pressure upon it. Some of these things have to be utterly crushed to be useful. Jesus' anointing came from his crushing. That he was beaten and mocked and punched and, and whipped and a crown of thorns smashed upon his head and then nailed to this cross. And that was God's will. And yet we go through something that's difficult, and we're like, nope, I'm not doing that for Jesus. Sorry, I'm out. I had to find another, another way, because this, this, is, this isn't working. And God really started to show me how my thought life was preventing me from taking the next step with him because I couldn't release certain things to his control, his absolute power, his sovereignty, because I wasn't quite sure that he would do what I want him to do. What if I release it completely and stand there in faith like a fool and he doesn't give me what I want? Can I just be honest? I was afraid of having faith in an area and then him not giving me what I want. So I'm going to work real hard in Jesus' name to get what I want. It didn't work. And he started to show me how my anxiety was producing extra works and anger. And then through what Jason Upton said in that, in that worship service, and then what, what Joyce said, is that I'm seeing these scarecrows in my life, and I'm allowing fear to raise up, and I want to run away, and because I can't run away, I'm getting real angry. And that I don't have control of my life in this level, but yet I want to go over there, up and up and up, and do great things for the Lord. But I can't take care of what's going on here. I can't even take care of what's going on in here. And I remember, it's like, I have to trust his heart because I absolutely believe that Jesus loves me. I do believe that. There is no question in my life. I am absolutely here because Jesus came and got me. I did not want this. And yet Jesus said, come here. I got something for you. And I completely got okie-doked for Jesus. And he totally baffled me. He took fun away from sin and said, this doesn't work. Here, do it this way. I'm like, wait a minute. Where did I sign up for this? I remember that prayer you said. Yeah, that was this. I'm like, wait. Nobody told me that that's how this stuff works. Nobody told me that my fun was going to be ruined. Nobody told me I was going to have to be pure for like a decade. Oh wait, yeah. Keep going. Yay, Jesus. Celibacy. Woo! I love the Lord. I'll be honest, I took an AA suggestion to stay out of a relationship for a year. That was over a decade ago. I didn't sign up for this. Jesus tricked me. I fell in love with Him. And He just said, yeah, don't play with that thing anymore. I'm like, wait a minute, that's part of this? Oh yeah, it says if you sin sexually, you sin against your temple, which is one of the gravest sins against God. Like, oh my God, I'm just trying to get sober over here. Man, the God of my understanding allowed me to do whatever I wanted to do. How'd that work for you? It wasn't. Man, how did I get myself in this situation? We keep trying to do it our way and it just continues to end up the same way it always ends up because we're not truly trusting in the sovereignty of God, I still want to play my part. Well, I'm going to do it this way, but let me just shift it just a little bit. Every time I do that, (sighs) you know, I just wander around the mountain one more time. Whee! 11 day trip, 40 years. I mean, how many years am I on? I don't know, a couple. You know, How many times are you going to you know go to 300 pounds? Eh, maybe one more time. <laughs> I kind of really like food. you like being fat? No. I'll figure that out. Well, Jesus, I don't like discipline. I want to do what I want to do. Yeah, how's that working for you? It's not. Quit this. Why am I going to do it your way all the time? Because I'm God. Yeah. We have these conversations, or am I the only crazy person in the room? you know and it's really taken a step back from the sovereignty of tom cuz i believe that i'm in the absolute control you know if i muster up some good holy ghost prayers and quote some scriptures you know we can get some things moving you know i remember way back when you know when you know this you know i'm learning recovery and the the serenity prayer you know i'm like there's nothing I can't control. I don't know how this prayer doesn't work. You know, I'm constantly trying to manipulate everything. I can get what I want. You know, there's some master manipulators in this room. I'm just letting you know. If you're laughing, you're one of them. <clears throat> you know, if you're still laughing, you definitely know it. You're still doing it. No, um. So, God really started to, To, to deal with this stuff in my life that I'm not willing to let go of control. And yet, there's nothing I can do to bring the things that I want the most into my life. Like, I can't make myself a pastor. I can't make, you know, certain finances show up the way God wants them to show up. Like, if I want to do it His way, I can't, you know, abandon ship and then go do it my way. You know, and I can't bring the right woman into my life because my old tactics don't work in the kingdom of God. And it's like, I don't know how to do this. We're finally getting somewhere. It's like, come on! Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, do you really? No, but uh, I've been doing this a while. I think I know what I'm doing. You're like, that's your problem. You think you know what you're doing. Still, you're trying to do it your way. And it really started to get me to say, all right, it starts in my thinking. My thinking is conflicting against the sovereignty of God. My thinking thinks that I have to get in there and help God somehow in this equation. And that somehow, even though I'm trying to believe that God is in control, somewhere in my brain, I'm still thinking that God's getting it wrong. Because if God was getting it right, I would have the things that I want, right? Isn't that how that's supposed to work? In Jesus' name? So I have to back up and say, well, what if God doesn't want those things for me? And would I be okay with it? But this person gave me a word, and this, that, and blah, 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 and yada, 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 and it's all nonsense. Because what I've learned is if it's God's will, it comes to pass. Now, it may take a while. And it may be a lot of work. And it may seem like it's never going to happen. And then all of a sudden, abracadabra, poof, Jesus shows up. Now, this moment that I had with the scarecrow and, and Joyce Meyer was like March of about four years ago guessing four or five four four years ago March or four years ago and I'm like this has got to stop I'm angry all the time and I do the best that I know how to is not unleashing it on people because I don't want to be that person anymore. So me and Jesus have some really heated conversations. I'm just letting like, you know... I cried a lot. still do. But I started to say, all right, my thinking is taking me the wrong place all the time. You know, I can give godly wisdom I can and you know I can quote certain scriptures I can minister to people I can work steps with somebody you know I can give all this stuff away but when it comes time to leading myself I've hit a plateau and I'm not able to get any further because I don't want to do it God's way anymore like I did it to God's way to get to here But now if I do it God's way, I gotta take this other step in a direction that I'm not really sure I wanna go. And that step that I had to take is sit still and wait. And as much as I didn't have a choice of sitting still and waiting, I was trying to fight against sit still waiting. And there was a, an afternoon that I was coming home and bills were adding up and it added to the equation of my stress. And my little thing that I would always yell at him about, I'm like, you could weave your little pinky at this and make it work. Why won't you just do what I want you to do? Why does this have to be so difficult? Why can't you just add? You know, and I would get so mad. I swung so hard at my steering wheel in my truck, I bent it. Way to go, Pastor. I was so mad. Be dial it back, I'm really scared. Things are out of my control, and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, enough of this. And I started to really start to pay attention to how one anxious thought leads to the next anxious thought that leads to the next one. And all of a sudden, this thing starts to spin out of control. And we can get really depressed or really angry. That's kind of the end of those two places. You know, this is never going to work out. I'm just going to cry forever. Or we huff and puff and we get really angry and we want to destroy stuff like that's ever worked in the history of man. And I'm like, okay, what do I have to do? And I started looking up, you know, scriptures on, you know, being anxious, anxiety. There's a few you know, Matthew six thirty three and 34, Seek first the kingdom of God and all righteousness, and all, little word, huge word, will be added to you. Why worry about the worries of tomorrow when the worries are of today are enough? Be anxious for nothing. Live one day at a time. Damn you, one day at a time. I hate that slogan. Ah. The Bible's beating me up with AA. This is not cool. And then Philippians 4, you know, it says be anxious for nothing, pray about everything, be thankful in supplication, and peace beyond all. There's that little word, big word, all, peace beyond all understanding will come. Like I'm praying, but I don't have peace because I'm not thankful. Ugh. How am I supposed to be thankful for stuff I don't got? You got Jesus, don't you? Well, yeah, but I don't have the stuff I want. Like I thought you wanted Jesus, yeah, but you ever have this conversation that Jesus isn't enough if he. If he would just give me what I wanted, then Jesus would, you know, get a high five. Like, way to go, Team Jesus! You gave me what I wanted. And, you know, being a a man in recovery, you know, as much as I've hated the slogans through the years, I realize when my brain gets real crazy, it's way easier to, to recite a slogan than it is to try to get to chapter and verse and start quoting the Bible. Like, it, you know, pray, pray, you know, be anxious for nothing and pray, you know, I'm done. I'm like, I'm lost, I'm just angry. Like ah, you know. So I had to boil that scripture down. A peace be all understanding, a peace be all understanding, a peace be all understanding, a peace be all understanding. Because I knew it. I'm trying to do it. I'm praying and I'm trying to be thankful for what's going on to the best of my ability. <sighs> I need this peace stuff. I don't know have it. I don't have that stuff. I'm, I'm working on the peace. So, God, I need some peace. And I started to catch it. Every time I would think about money and things would start to, to gain speed, I'd be like, nope, nope, not going there. And I would find it. Those <laughs> moments when I'd get out of bounds and I would find myself angry, All of a sudden, I'm catching myself and be like, oop, back up. You know, here's more recovery. You can restart your day at any point. Like, damn, these slogans, they're working. And I just started catching it when I'd start thinking about a wife. And I'd say, August, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Give me peace. I'm going to seek you. You're going to add this stuff when it's your time, not mine. But my time's coming, right? you know and i started you know and realizing that you know i wanted to be a pastor but i'm already doing what a pastor does and that and that's really just shepherd and help people you know and here it is march and this you know this battle is going on inside of me and i said i'm going to get victory in this level right here and it starts with my brain my brain is my worst enemy Because I'm listening to the whisper, other than the the truth that is in the Word of God. And as I started to proclaim the Word of God, the whisper became less and less. And I'm not talking about the still small voice, I'm talking about the enemy trying to whisper contradictions into our lives. And I started to fight off those contradictions, and I started to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm I'm going to trust you, Jesus. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. And here I am going through March, and here I am into May, and it's literally two months after I really started to pay attention to my thought life and Pastor Mike you know was the lead pastor and they were setting him in to become the you know the the lead pastor because his dad you know was running the show for a lot of years, and they were setting my junior into place. And that Saturday night when they did it, I said, Tom, can we go to dinner after? And I said, sure. And he sat me down and said, Tom, we want to make you a pastor in the fall. And like, as hard as I tried to accomplish something and to the best of my ability, it didn't work. And I started to guard my thought life and pray and trust God and have faith and out of nowhere on a day that I did not expect that to happen. You know, God gave me one of the things that I've been praying for for years that in my best efforts could not accomplish. Now this, this lesson transcends into other areas of my life. You know, and trust me, I, I still get frustrated at times. I still want things to come to pass. You know, you know, three, a little over three years ago now is when I was licensed as a pastor, and I'm like, all right, things are about to get going. And I basically got a piece of paper, and nothing changed. And like a month goes by, nothing changed. Another month goes by, nothing changed. Six months goes by, nothing changed. A year goes by, nothing changed. I'm like, damn, this stupid piece of paper. Because I thought once I got the thing that I wanted, I would be satisfied. And technically, I wasn't really satisfied because I was already doing what I was doing. Just because the state of New York decided that I was licensed to do what I was doing, didn't satisfy me because it still isn't Jesus. And I really had to wrestle with the fact that I got one of my idols and it still wasn't good enough. And it started to help me to realize that no matter how much money I have, I'm still not going to be satisfied. And you know what? If I get the most hot, perfect Christian wife, she can't satisfy me either. Why? Because Jesus is the only thing that can satisfy me and trusting in His sovereignty, trusting in His will is the only thing that will put my sinful nature to rest. And I wish that I had financial security. And things go up and things go down and things are crazy and one minute things things seem great and then the next thing it's like, it's going to burn it down. We're going to start over. Maybe Jesus will come. And then it's like, well, I'm probably never gonna get married, I'm old now. But you know what? It's not up to me. If I'm following Jesus and Jesus has this idea that he wants to bring you know a financial blessing or a godly person into our lives, and we're you know up for that, then we have this opportunity to join in holy matrimony. But guess what? The Bible says that a wife brings trouble, just for those husbands out there. I'm just saying, that's what the Bible says. But it also says that a wife is an amazing thing. You know, and I, I do some marriage counseling and, you know, with four different couples and, you know, I watch them go through it. In one minute, it, the wife's a jerk and the next minute the husband's a jerk and the next minute they're both being pretty jerky and then all of a sudden there's a you know this little glimpse of hope and poof, there it goes. I'm like, we had it! Where'd it go? I don't know, Jesus has got wings or something. I don't know. But what I've learned in my own life is that if Jesus isn't satisfying me, no person, no amount of money, no career, no nothing is going to satisfy me. And I have to trust in his will and his will only and doing it his way and his way only that I can never have that peace that I truly desire because I can have everything and still not have peace. You know, unfortunately, we, we watch celebrities who would, we would idolize and think that they have everything that we would ever want. OD and commit suicide and and be you know super depressed and on all these different medications and you know it shows me that that's not the solution. In this dying world, the only thing that that can bring us life is Jesus. You know, but if we're trying to do it outside of His will, even if we have you know are Christians and even if we you know are part you know partnering with him part of the way there's gonna be these issues that we have that will never be resolved and we'll always be looking for something else to fill the void. Whether it's a person, sex, porn, alcohol, drugs, food, money, fill in the blank. Because Jesus isn't quite enough, because I have this other agenda that's not being met. You know and for me I had to take a step back and I say, I say I trust you all the time, but the truth of the matter is I don't very well. You know, and, you know, I, most of everybody here knows that we're in the process of starting this non-for-profit. And, you know, I thought that this thing was going to move a little quicker. But... I'll be honest, if it wasn't those lessons from four or five years ago when I'm going through now, I wouldn't be able to handle what I'm handling today at this level, level if I never really dealt with what was going on at that level. Because months go by and I don't lose my peace necessarily over the fact that our paperwork has gotten lost numerous times. You know, the lawyer is doing whatever the lawyers do. You know, that this one needs this and this one needs that and we're waiting on the state and we're waiting on disability and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. waiting. Okay, we're waiting. There's nothing I can do about that. Just like there's nothing I could do about those other things. Like, I'm not going to drive to Albany and knock on the lawyer's door and start screaming at him and be like, do something. Like, he's like, what do you want me to do? There's nothing that I can do. Pray. Like, I am. It's not working. But when we begin to trust in His timing, His will, you know, we understand why certain relationships have been broken off of our lives. We understand why certain jobs that we thought were amazing aren't there anymore. We understand why certain things are falling into place certain ways and other things are being withheld for certain, another time. You know, I'll I'll end with this in the sense that. You know, as I wrestled with the wife aspect, you know, years ago, God showed me, like, Tom, in my grace for you, I'm withholding this from you because you are not ready for it. And if I gave you the woman that I have prepared for you now, you would destroy it. Like, that's not cool words, Jesus. You're supposed to be nice to me. Like I am being very loving to you. And sometimes those loving words hurt sometimes. Because we don't really want to hear them. We just want everyone to co-sign whatever it is that we want to do. You know, and sometimes love is... At least Jesus' love can be pretty difficult. It's like a sword. It pierces through your, your bone. You know, and it showed me, like, I got some work to do. You know, if I want a healthy relationship, I have to first become healthy. It's not the other person that's going to make this a healthy relationship. I have to do my part. And that goes with my relationship with Jesus. Jesus is definitely doing his part. That's what Jesus does. He knows that stuff. Like, he figured it out. He kind of made up the rules. Like, Jesus' part of our relationship is figured out. He's got that. How come I'm still having trouble? Because Jesus isn't enough. But yet, I think a relationship with a human will somehow satisfy me, but Jesus isn't enough. Like, there's an issue here. And if I don't get this issue figured out, no matter what person is in my life, they won't be enough. And I'll hurt them. I'll consume them. And then I'll be looking for something else to fill the void. Because I need more Jesus. No amount of money is going to fill the void. No career, no title is going to fill the void. The only thing that can fill us up to overflowing is Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we just thank you so much. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Lord. We ask that you would fill us to overflowing with Holy Spirit. We just give you complete permission to have your way in our heart and our mind tonight, Lord. We ask that you would uproot, remove, lighten the load, reveal it, bring revelation, show us what's in there that's in the way. You know, if there's something in our past or something that we're presently doing, Lord, we ask that you would reveal these things to us. Lord, so that we could surrender them and put them at the foot of the cross and and believe that your will is better than our own. Lord, we ask that you would guide us through this crazy thing called life. Lord, help us to trust you when things don't go the way we think they should. Lord, we need you so much. We need to grow in our understanding. We need to grow in our relationship with you, Lord help us to process and deal the things that we need to process and deal and help us to let go and have boundaries with the areas that we need to let go and have boundaries. So often, Lord, we get ourselves entangled in so many things and we wonder why we don't have peace or we don't have joy. Lord, and it, we always it's usually because we end up in places we shouldn't have been in the first place, Lord. So Lord, help us to learn, help us to to recognize, help us to be aware of what we're doing and where we're headed and that we're looking for something other than you that's going to somehow bring satisfaction. Help us to catch it before we get there, Lord. We ask for your holy conviction when it, we want to reach for sin that we've reached for a thousand times and yet it has never brought peace or satisfaction. Lord, help us to recognize it so that we can turn to you, surrender to you, be useful to you, In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.